0: As we approach God's word and scripture, let us do so with prayer. Let us pray. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of John in chapter 6, starting with verse 51. A quick note before I read it, this comes in the middle of a very long passage, a series of passages, I should say, um, that are often... Called the bread of life discourse through a variety of different reflections and teachings Jesus describes the ways in which he is the bread of life for us and what that means so we enter into this conversation listening to what Christ teaches so hear now what the spirit has to say to the people I am the living bread that came down from heaven Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And so Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you, and those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in them and I, abide in me and I in them. For just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for the people of God as it comes to to us from Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. When I was in college, a professor, Dr. Blankenbaker, a professor of biology and his wife, were the residential directors of my, of my dormitory in my freshman and sophomore years. They took a particular interest in students through the support and hospitality of managing the dorm of first and second year students. It was a male dormitory, and I have no doubt in my mind that this was a very unique and special calling. Around campus, Dr. Blankenbaker was famous not for his cutting-edge research or his many many publications on his vitae though he certainly could claim those no he was famous for his upper level science course for non science majors that was called the biology of bread making it was among the most sought after courses in the entire course catalog he and his wife made amazing bread And in the dorm, they showcased this talent about once a month, usually midweek on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Mrs. Blankenbaker would be the one sounding the call that echoed through the dormitory halls. It summoned students from their studies or whatever else they might be doing to take a break. And when she called out hot bread, the good news... Spread fast. Feet started treading down the stairs as streams of students made their way to the community room of Cosmopolitan Hall to enjoy a hot slice of a thick slice of homemade bread with butter and honey or jam, and that it had just come out of the blanket baker's oven. The students would crowd the room. I mean, really crowd the room. You could not move in it. I'm sure there were fire laws that were broken here. But they, nevertheless, shared this bread, and we would gather and talk, taking bites out of these thick slices of still-warm bread. The Blankenbakers would ask about college life. They would learn our names, they shared in the successes and the struggles of young men finding their way into their adult identities. And all it took to make this possible was their amazing bread and their very kind ears. They were, in a way, companions for the journey through the early years of college life for hundreds of young men. It was amazing. And it is amazing what can happen because of bread. And when we talk about bread and God in the same sentence, there are certain phrases that the church often uses. The bread of life. The bread of heaven. The bread in the wilderness. Manna in the wilderness. The bread of new birth. And this these kinds of phrases. This is what our scripture this morning is engaging us with. Bread. Jesus is the bread of life. The amazing reality about this statement is that God chooses to come into our lives again and again and again. God comes to us in in a countless variety of ways. If only we have enough wisdom to recognize God's presence. The amazing part is that God chooses to come to us with God's whole self. God chooses to live together with us right now. God does not wait or dilly-dally or hold out for a time when we might be more receptive or a time when it might be more convenient for God to just get us on track no god is persistent god chooses to keep us close all the time and for all time god is all in no holding back no matter what and this is what we learn about when we gather at this table for the sacrament of communion again and again and again. God comes with no strings attached, humble, unassuming, without expectations, and God sends Jesus, who comes to the world, to all of us, as bread. Even ordinary bread. The bread has crumbs, the bread has crust, The bread is broken, and this bread, the bread we speak of, is grace. This bread is the sign of a companion, a sign of something simultaneously divine and entirely made up of the same stuff that we are. Jesus proclaims what it means to be with bread and what it means to be a companion god becomes a companion christ becomes a companion for all people jesus comes to be such a companion for us that we might become such companions for one another by our experience of companionship of relationship with jesus The word companion is a powerful word. We often use it without thinking about what it means, without realizing what we are invoking when we name that word. If we go to the etymology, to the history of language, the word companion comes from Latin, com meaning with, and pani meaning bread. To be a companion is, at least by the history of language, companion is to be with bread. To be a companion is to remember that food feeds our bodies, but our whole selves require nourishment that is far deeper than just crumb or crust. And in our communion with God and with one another, faith and unity and love and generosity and humility are nourished in us. It is nourished especially when we find ourselves as a companion to the one who sustains all of life. And usually... Often, when we discover such a reality, we discover it when we are with others, companions, breaking bread with people. When Jesus speaks of the bread of life, Jesus is talking about some serious business. It's not just an idea. It's not just a concept that that we adopt for our well-being. It is not just about the end game of eternal life. It doesn't just point to theological doctrines. No, this is about the flesh and the blood. This is about the real stuff of life. It is about our identity found in God and our nature as people who are made for relationships with one another and with God. Today's scripture, as I said earlier, is a part of a long discourse about the bread of life. It is about the nature of Jesus And here, in this text, Jesus explaining the nature of God who sustains life and how we recognize the food that nourishes a faithful life. And we should not be surprised that when Jesus begins this conversation, as happens in the story this morning, we should not be surprised that people, for all their good intentions, probably anxious about what they are hearing, choose to start an argument instead. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, Jesus says. And those that join in the sharing abide in Christ, and Christ abides in them. God reveals that God is complex and daring and startlingly generous when God chooses to be a companion to people. An experience of Such grace does something profound with the people who turn their lives toward this abiding in Christ. It cultivates faith. It cultivates a response. And all the things that we might seek to be or to do or to have in order to be faithful are not the road to a strong spiritual life, as much as they are a faithful response to having tasted an experience of God's companionship. Today we celebrated the sacrament of baptism with Oliver. We have made promises to be companions on the journey of faith, walking alongside him, knowing that he too will nourish our lives. We did this as the church, not just this church, as the church of Jesus Christ. All churches make these promises. And we make these promises knowing that wherever Oliver goes, there are those made the same promises. And baptism, like communion, is a visible sign of God's invisible grace. Baptism is an identity. Bapti- baptism is sometimes described as being clothed with Christ. That while there is this initial splash of water that happens right here at the font, that... Throughout our lives, it's as though we we push our arms through the sleeves and we learn to, to put on the pants and lace up the shoes tight that our identity becomes so a part of us. Our identity of being people of God, being companions with Christ, becomes so a part of us that it is second nature just like dressing ourselves each day. But this morning, we have also celebrated that God comes to us before we even know it, before we can even respond, before we have any inkling of understanding of who God is or what God has done or what God is continuing to do. God arrives immediately to be our companion so that we might always be called children of God. This is true for Oliver. It's true for all of us. And this companionship, this living bread, This being with bread gets carried out into the world, into every part of our lives. And the bread of life is being broken, open, all around us each day, just waiting to be shared. In 2017, just a few years ago... An artist named Kate Montaigne and her sister painted two large magenta and lime wings on a wall on Woodward Avenue. You may have seen them, you may have stood in front of them. Now, we are talking about really large wings that features just enough space between them that passers-by feel a need to stand and pose with the wings. And people have, a lot of people have, and people are stopping by to try on these wings, trying them on as though they were a new outfit, and they have had their photos taken. It's irresistible and they share those photos with others, often on social media, places like Facebook and, and Instagram. And at a glance, these, these this art, these wings, it seems like a fun, quirky stop for tourists in a city like Detroit, whose edges are a little rough and unpolished. But these are powerful wings. These are wings that are in the business of lifting people up and in turn, lifting people in a city, lifting up communities. Now, in one corner of the mural, the artist poses a question, what lifts you? What lifts you? What lifts you up? It's a curious question, It's a meaningful question. What matters to you? What makes a difference? What empowers you? What is important to you? Who is important to you? If you go on Instagram, a photo-sharing app for smartphones, and you type in what lifts you, over 122,000 photos come up. This means that thousands of people have stopped by to try on their wings. And looking at all those photos, I had a thought. I had a thought. What if those visible wings of those photos go with the people everywhere they go, even once they've left the wings and started walking down the street? What if once you try on these wings, they go with you everywhere you go? And if this were the case... Hypothetically speaking, if this were the case, it would mean that there are thousands of people walking the streets of Detroit still bearing their wings. Invisible though those wings might be, they still have them. They're still spreading them. It would mean that there are people walking our city ready to lift up life among friends and neighbors and all the people that they meet. The bread of life is like this, invisible, irresistible. When we gather at this table, we ask God by God's Spirit to lift us up into God's presence. And it is a crust and a crumb that makes the world more complete because it is a sign of the one who chooses to be our companion. So that everywhere we go, we are with bread. And be prepared, Jesus would say. For if you abide in Christ, be prepared because the bread is being shared all around us. And it is God coming to us first who invites us to partake. Thanks be to God. Amen.